Amen, amen. Well, would you guys remain standing with me as we go to the book of 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning at verse 1. And I pray that you guys will receive this word today. It was a blessing to me as I studied through this, this chapter. 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning at verse 1. Let's go. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, and now he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like one of them. Elijah was afraid. He ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree, and he sat down under it, and he prayed that he might die. Notice these words he said to the Lord. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he laid down under the tree, and he fell asleep. And all at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over a hot coal and a jar of water. He ate, he drank, and then he lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. I want to teach this morning on this subject. How to survive the low point in your life. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless this word. That you would use this word to bless our church family. You would use me now, Lord, to speak your word and bring truth to us and to our hearts. Remove all distraction, because I know that all of us here today, we need to hear from you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your blessings, your provisions, and we thank you that we've come to this church today, our church family, to worship and to hear your word. So I pray now, Lord, that you would speak to each and every one of us who have chosen this morning to get up and go to church. Bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat as we go into this word, how to survive the low point in your life. By a show of hands, just so I can know what I'm dealing with, how many of you have had a low point in your life? All right, a few low points here. Okay, now... As I was reading this passage of Scripture, I started thinking, and I don't know why I was reading this passage, but I was reading this story about two weeks ago. And I noticed that Elijah, he was at his best, one of the greatest preachers in the Bible. He was one of the most faithful servants of God. Elijah did some of the greatest miracles the Bible writes about, speaks about. Elijah would serve God boldly. Elijah would pray the impossible prayers. 
Elijah witnessed and performed many miracles through the power of the Holy Spirit. Elijah was one of these examples of what it looks like to truly be all in for God. Elijah not only witnessed miracles and performed miracles, Elijah was often living a life of victory. Elijah was a man that believed God at his word. Whatever God told him to do, Elijah without question would do. Elijah's life was all about God. And at his best, he saw the Lord do many miracles. <coughs> but now Elijah is at his worst. Elijah now, he's alone. Elijah is tired. Elijah is feeling insecure. Elijah is feeling afraid. He's discouraged. He's lost all sense of hope. He's not the same man he used to be. The same man that cried out to God to bring down fire is now asking God to end his life. How does that happen? You notice that in chapter 18, he's asking God for fire. And in chapter 19, he's asking God to end his life. Why does that happen? Is because Elijah is hitting a low point in his life. Now, why does Elijah hit a low point? Elijah's low point is often the same reason we hit a low point. And there's three reasons. Number one, it's in verse two. I want you to notice as we read this, the Bible says Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say to him, may the God deal with me be ever so severely if by this time tomorrow, can you say that with me? This time tomorrow, say it with me, this time tomorrow, I do not make your life like one of theirs. <coughs> Elijah, number one, was at a low point because women are evil. That's not right. No, but it might, you know, Elijah was bold and brave, but all it took was one woman's mouth. One woman's mouth. Women's mouths are dangerous. They know what to say to get you. And all it took was one woman. The man that faced 10,000 prophets could not handle one woman. And all she did was this. I'm going to get you tomorrow. And that's how the devil works in your life. You see, Elijah was dealing with Jezebel. And Jezebel, one of her strongest weapons was manipulation. Jezebel knew she couldn't touch Elijah. Jezebel knew she couldn't destroy him. The devil knows he can't touch you. The devil knows he can't destroy you. You're a child of God. So the devil does the next best thing. I want to put fear and the fear of tomorrow into your heart. And there's a lot of us here today with the fear of tomorrow. Can we be honest? The fear of tomorrow. What if... 
What's going to happen? What's next? What if this doesn't happen? What am I going to do? How are we going to survive? How are we going to pay this? What's going to happen to our country? What if we can't afford it? What if this? What if that? What are we going to do? What if? What if? What if? What if? Tomorrow. And you've lost the joy and the peace of God today because the devil has you tomorrow when Jesus said, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow has its own problems. And God has only given you enough grace to handle today. But all Jezebel had to do was put the fear of him of tomorrow to get Elijah to a low point in his life. The second thing and the second reason Elijah hits a low point in his life is found in verse 10. And here it is. He tells God the honest truth. I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. There it is. He tells God, you know why I'm so sad? You know why I'm so discouraged, God? Because I was zealous. That word zealous means to serve God passionately. And he said, God, I served you passionately. Lord, every time you told me to do something, I did it. I lived with faith, God. I obeyed. I did everything you told me to do. I serve you better than anyone else does. Lord, and I thought that everyone was going to turn to you. I thought everyone was going to receive you. I thought everyone's heart was going to turn back to God. I thought that everyone was going to be revived again. But no one, no one changed. Everyone rejected you, God. See, Elijah had expectations that failed. Elijah thought that he would be the, the preacher to change the entire nation. He thought that he was going to see everyone change, but not one person did. And oftentimes we hit a low point in our lives because we thought God was going to do it a certain way, but He didn't. And what's even worse is not only when your expectations fail, but you're serving God faithfully and your expectations fail. And you're telling God the honest truth, Lord, I'm better than half the people that aren't even in this church today. Lord, I have served You faithfully. I have obeyed you. I have given. I have served. I have lived my life for you. And I thought by now you would have done it. And I thought by now it would have happened for me. But Lord, nothing has happened. There is nothing more disappointing than the failed expectations you had of God. That's a low point. So with the fear of tomorrow and the failed expectations of today, you reach another low point in Elijah's life. He told God, I'm the only one left. I'm alone in this. You see how the devil works? I want to put the fear of tomorrow in your heart. I, I want you to think about tomorrow. I want you to think about your future. 
I want you to assume the worst is going to happen. I want you to think that God's not going to come through. I want you to think you'll never make it. I want you to fear tomorrow. I know you have no control over tomorrow, but I want you to go to bed tonight thinking about tomorrow. I want you to fear the future. Fear the worst. Fear the future. Fear the worst. Tomorrow. 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 Because God has failed you. Look how you serve God. Look how you thought He was going to do it. Look how you thought He was going to come through, but everything you thought God was going to do hasn't happened yet. He's abandoned you. He's done with you. And you thought, and listen, this is the worst. He says, you're alone. You're the only one going through this. You're the only one discouraged. You're the only one depressed. You're the only one. You're alone in everything you're going through. It's no wonder Elijah looks at God and says, Lord, what's the point of living? What's the point of keep trying? What's the point of going? If nothing's worked. Church, that's a low point. A low point is defined as the worst moment of a situation. Let me be honest with you this morning. Low points are a part of life. But we believe this lie. If I marry the right person, if I go to the right church, if I have the right job, if I have the right friends, I'll never hit a low point in my life. I'll always be happy. Things will always be great. But some of you are old enough to know none of that is true. Amen? Every area of your life suffers a low point. Every area of your life. As a church... We're going to suffer a low point. I can look back and think of seasons that the church was full, that all of you were getting along. I can think of seasons that it felt like God was right there in the front row, but I can tell you other seasons where it felt like God left the back door, where no one was coming, attendance was down, finances were scary. Enthusiasm was low. Discouragement was high. You know why I'm being so honest today? Because we're at a low point in our church right now. Every area of your life has a low point. There's low points in marriages. And I marry dumb enough people sometimes that tell me during counseling, oh, he's the right one. I know with him, everything's always going to be great and happy. We're never going to fight because we love each other so much. But even marriage goes through low points. Where you're in the same roof, but in separate bedrooms. Where you're not talking except if it's business. The kids, the bills responsibilities. You're not spending enough time together. You're spending a lot of time apart. The intimacy is gone. You're at a low point. 
There's low points with your children. Usually it's the teenage years where they don't want to talk to you. They don't love you like they used to. They don't say the sweet things like they used to. They're slamming doors while they're growing pimples. They're growing horns. They're, they want nothing to do with you. They're fighting with you. You try to do everything you can to make them happy. You try and try. But it feels like you're losing them. Because you're at a low point. You get low points with God. There are moments that you feel like God is close and you're reading the Bible, you're excited for church, you're worshiping, you're serving, and you're listening to worship music and the radio and everything's great and you're optimistic and positive and then you hit a low point where you read the Bible but it doesn't read you back and you're like dragging yourself to church and you can't wait for it to finish and you're not as excited anymore and you're looking at everything with negativity and fault and you don't feel feel God close anymore. Why does that happen? Because you're at a low point. You get me now? Every area of your life suffers a low point. Elijah reminded me what I want to remind you this morning. This is Elijah, a great man of faith. One of the greatest heroes in the Bible. And this is what it reminds me. That even when you serve God, even when you're obedient, even when you're trying to do it God's way, we still hit low points in our lives. Christians aren't always happy. And if you want proof of this, look at the person next to you. We don't come here all the time with smiles, do we? Some of you are afraid to look. It's not how bad it is. But we have this idea that, that the, Christian, the Christians that are always happy are lying. Christians aren't always happy. We're not always hopeful. We're not always positive, smiling. We're not always hearing God. No, sometimes you're sad. Sometimes you cry at night. Sometimes you're depressed, afraid, frustrated, tired. Losing faith. Feels like God's doing nothing, showing you nothing, speaking nothing. The greatest of believers in the Bible, in life, and here in this church, we go through low points. If you're not careful, your low point can turn to a breaking point. And a breaking point is where the devil whispers to you, what's the point? Is that good? If you're not careful, 
your low point can turn to a breaking point. And you hear that little devil whisper, what's the point? This is where the devil does his best. What's the point of trying? What's the point of praying? What's the point of believing? What's the point of hoping? What's the point of asking God? What's the point? You should just quit. You should just give up. Don't you understand that at your lowest point is where the devil does his best? It's at that low point you reach a breaking point where you tell yourself, what's the point? It's at the low point where most people break, and that's where the affairs take place. They say, what's the point of being faithful? What's the point of trying? I'm just going to give in, and you give in to an adulterous relationship. Sometimes at your breaking point, at your lowest point, that reach a breaking point, you go and you relapse. And you go back to the drugs, you go back to the alcohols, you go back to the addiction. Why? Because you tell yourself, what's the point of trying? I've done it God's way, it hasn't happened. I'm at a low point, but I've reached my breaking point, so what's the point? And you relapse. When you're at your breaking point, it's easier for you to fall into temptation and sin. When you're at your breaking point and you say, what's the point? It's so much easier for you to quit. When you are at your breaking point, you get selfish. It becomes all about you. You say, I'm not gonna, I don't care about anyone else anymore. I don't care about my family anymore. I'm gonna do what I wanna do. It's best for me. It's all about me because I've done it God's way. I've tried to do it for people. I've tried to live for everyone else. But right now I'm at my breaking point and I'm thinking, what's the point? I'm just gonna do what I want and you become selfish. It's at the low point that becomes the breaking point that people sign divorce papers. They end friendships. They leave churches. They let their kids, they let the world have the kids. Because you're thinking to yourself, what's the point? And many people, if they're not careful, they let the everyday low points of life get them to a breaking point where they allow the devil to convince them as to what's the point, just stop trying. This is why Elijah hit that breaking point in verse 4. Let me read this for you. Elijah said, while he himself went a day's journey into the desert, he came down under a tree, he sat down under it, and he prayed that he might die. But notice what he said here. He prayed to God and he said, I've had enough. Church, have you ever been there? Where you're saying, I've had enough. You ever had enough of a situation? Who am I preaching to today? Help me preach there. Have you ever had enough of a situation. Have you ever had enough of a person? <laughs> you ever had a person in your life you just want to... Have you ever just been tired? 
Elijah just, the only thing he did was pass out. Slept. Because Elijah was tired. There are plenty of tired people that make it into the church. And maybe you're here this morning and you're just tired. You're tired of your situations. You're tired of people. You're tired of problems. You're tired of the bills that don't get paid. You're tired of this president. You're tired of everything you're going through. You're tired and tired. And pastor, I'm just tired. And I don't know what to do. When you're tired, that's when the devil works. Elijah was tired. Elijah checked out. He left everyone. Because sometimes you get so tired, you just want to be left alone. You, won't, you don't want to hear the kids anymore, the problems anymore. You just want to shut off the phone. You just want to escape. You want no one to know where you're at. You just want to be alone. You don't want to deal with it anymore. You don't want to hear it anymore. You just don't care anymore. Elijah checked out. That's when a low point turns to a breaking point. But look at verse 5 and 8. He laid down under the tree. He fell asleep. And all at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate, he drank, and then he laid down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by the food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. Let me teach you a few things about what we just read. Elijah was done. Elijah was tired. Elijah was checked out. He had reached his breaking point. He was afraid for his life tomorrow. He had failed expectation. He had wrong assumptions. He thought God was done. He was done. Everything is done. I'm done. I quit. I'm tired. I just want to go sleep. The Bible said that God sent an angel to touch him. Now let me explain something about this. The angel touched him, woke him up, and the first thing the angel said to him is, get yourself up. But let me explain something to you, because I've heard this passage preached very wrong. Because it sounds pretty, right? I can make it sound pretty right now. Let me do it. You're tired. You're exhausted. You want to give up. And it's at that moment that God reaches over and touches you. Doesn't that sound nice? That's how it's preached. That's not what happened. 
Elijah was tired, like you are. Elijah was done, like you are. He's had enough. He goes to sleep. He's having his pity party. He's sad. He's complaining. He's a victim. He's discouraged. He's sad. Oh, I thought, God, you were going to do it this way. And God, I'm so scared for tomorrow and everything's going to be horrible tomorrow. I just want to sleep. And God sends an angel to touch him. But that word touch in the Hebrew, remember, the Bible was written in Hebrew. That word touch is the word naha. Naha literally means to strike someone with a punch. It literally means to slap someone. You know how the story really goes? He's tired, he's exhausted, he's in his pity party, he's saying, life is so hard and I don't know what I'm going to do. And, and Jezebel, she's so mean, she's terrible. And God, I thought you were going to do it this way. And my, my dreams have fallen apart. Everything's so hard. I'm all alone. No one goes through what I go through. I'm just going to go to sleep. And God said to an angel, would you go slap him? And an angel comes and nukes him. And he wakes up. He goes, get yourself up. And I think some of us need to get slapped today. I need, I, sometimes I need to get slapped. Because it's so easy for you to be a victim. It's so easy for you to look at everyone that's mean to you and everyone that should have been there for you and how life is so hard on you and you're the only one and I just want to sleep because life is hard. I'm telling you right now, you need to get slapped with truth. Because God just got Elijah and slapped him with an angel and said, get yourself up. Get up. And God was honest with him. When he got up, he said, the journey's too hard for you. The journey's too hard for you. And God knows that what you're going through is beyond what you're able to handle. God knows that what you're going through is beyond your control. God knows you can't provide. God knows you can't heal. God knows you can't change it. God knows that what you're going through on this life called the journey is too much for you. And sometimes life goes beyond what we can handle. God doesn't give them a pep talk. God doesn't say, you can do it. Have faith. Think positive. He slaps him. Says, you better get yourself up because I know it's hard. I know it's impossible. I know you can't. I know it's too much. I love that God used that phrase. It's too much. Because that's what the Bible says life is. Look at 2 Corinthians 1, 8-9. Why does God allow life to get too much for us? Paul said, I don't want you to be uninformed. 
about my hardships, the hardships we suffer in the province of Asia. Notice what Paul says. We were under great pressure. How many of you are under pressure right now? He said we were under great pressure. Far beyond our ability, our ability to endure. The pressure was so much, Paul said, I couldn't handle it. It was beyond our ability to endure. So notice what happened. We despaired even of life. You know what despair is? Is that feeling where you reach a breaking point. You've lost all hope. You've lost all joy. You're living with discouragement and hopelessness and sadness. When you think about your life, you don't get excited. You don't have faith. You don't say, man, I know God's going to do something. You just despair at life. Indeed, he says, in my heart, in my emotions, in my mind, I felt a sentence of death. Paul said, I I believed in my mind it was over. And I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning, but maybe in your mind you're telling yourself the very same thing. It's over. It's finished. I can't handle this. It's too much. But Paul said, this happens that we might not rely on ourselves but on God. And then God, through Paul, uses this reminder, we might rely on God who, by the way, He raises the dead. Why did He say that? Because, you know, you gotta get this. This is good preaching. Guys, listen. I'm gonna slap you. He said, I felt a death sentence. But then I remember God raises the dead. So Paul, in a sense, is saying, even if I die, God can still work a miracle. Even if the worst case scenario happens in your life, God will never abandon you. God will still, even if you die, if God still has more plans for you, He'll raise you again. So he says, this happens. So you would just rely on me. You see, Elijah needed to get slapped. Because he was having his little pity moment. Victimizing himself. Complaining. Sad. And God said, would you go down there? Because I don't want to right now. Would you go and slap him? And you've come to this church to get slapped. You had, you had, I got slapped when I studied this because I said, man, God, you're right. I worry about tomorrow. I think about my failed expectations. I assume the wrong thing. The devil has me sad. The devil has me scared. The devil has me discouraged. And God's like, boom, like, oh, you're right. You're God. He's God. So when you watch the news, you, oh my God, gas is up. Oh yeah, he's God. 
Oh my God, this is getting expensive when you're doing groceries. <clears throat> oh yeah, He's God. When you look at the bills, how are we going to pay? <clears throat> you're right, He's God. He's God. Say it with me. He's God. Slap your neighbor. Seriously, slap him. They got to wake up. Say, wake up. Wake up. He's God. Because there's one thing Elijah did that was wrong. But before I tell you that, let me tell you what God did. God tells him, this journey is too much for you. And I want to tell you because I don't want you to think, man, pastor is so insensitive. He doesn't think I have problems. No. Listen, I know you got problems. Trust me, I know you got issues. God knows. I, I love that God doesn't do what a lot of Christians do. Oh, just have faith. Just believe. It's going to be okay. No, no. God is real. God says, I know this is hard. I know you're alone in this. I know you're a single mom. I know you're the only one at work that's safe. I know what you're going through. I know what it's like. You're, I know about that child. I know the bills. I know the cancer. I know. I know. I know the journey you're on right now. I know it's too much. But it's too much. So you would rely on me. Get up and eat. And when he looked, he saw the angel had prepared him a cake. This is the first account of an angel food cake. It was in the Bible. <laughs> it is. Think, of, think about it. Was it not an angel? Was it a cake? The first account of angel food cake was not little Debbie, but it was our big God. So God gave him an angel food cake. Some of you shouldn't have those right now. I get it. But he gives them this angel food cake. But notice why. To strengthen him. That's it. God says, I know the journey is too much for you. But I'm going to strengthen you to get through it. I'm going to strengthen you. And the Lord gave him the strength to do what he could not do. Because let me remind you, Elijah, at his best effort, could only last one day in the desert. But when God slapped him and gave him the strength, Elijah went 40 days in the desert all the way up to the mountain of God. By your own effort, you not, you're not going to make it. We need to humble ourselves a little more and say, Lord, the journey is too much. I can't. When Elijah said, I've had enough, God said, good, now I can work. Stop trying to figure it out. Stop telling yourself, I got this. Stop thinking that your ideas and your ways are going to get you through. No. When are you going to realize that only I can get you through and you need to rely on me? That's why we need to get slapped this morning and realize no matter what we go through as a country, as a church, as individuals, God is saying right now, I am 
God Almighty. Stop trying to do it on your own. Get up. The reason that God tells him to get up is because God was not finished. And that was the word that God impressed in my heart this morning to tell this church, we need to get up because God's not done with us. We're not finished yet. We need to stop the pity party. We need to stop thinking of our Jezebel. The people that hurt your feelings. We need to stop worrying about tomorrow. We need to stop questioning God and why He allowed failed expectations. God said to, to get up because God had more. So God eventually was telling him with that slap, I'm not done yet. I have more. And I'm going to strengthen you. With that slap, Elijah realized he wasted his time fearing tomorrow. So why are you wasting your time fearing tomorrow? He realized that even though his expectations of God have failed, God still had a plan. God's way was still better than his. And Elijah realized when he got slapped that he was seeing things all wrong. You're not alone. You might look at this church right now and think everyone's happy, faithful, loving Christians. There's a lot of hurting people here. There's a lot of scared people here. There's a lot of people that don't know what they're going to do. That tomorrow frightens them, the living faith out of them. With just the word tomorrow. There are people that have been hurt by others here. There are people that cry at night to sleep. In this room, there's depression. There's anxiety. There's fear. So you need to get slapped. That you still have a God that loves you. You still have a God that says, I will make a way when there is no way. You still have a God that says, nothing is impossible for me. You still have a God that says, I always finish what I start. So if the devil has you scared of tomorrow, remind them of your God today. It's going to be okay, church. God has more. But I don't want to do this life in my effort. Because our effort only gives us one day that ends up in the desert. But I want to close with this. When the Lord strengthened him, Elijah went 40 days through the same desert he couldn't survive one day in. 
God's going to enable you to survive what you cannot survive on your own. But you got to eat. You got to feed on the Word of God. Because when life gets scary and life gets hard and life gets complicated, you have to remind yourself, God, I'm not alone. God, you have a way. God, I'm relying on you. And what's interesting is that Elijah, after God slapped him and told him to get up, Elijah went 40 days. Verses 1. What do you guys want for your life? Because on your best effort, you won't even make it. What if you stop for a minute and say, you know what? God, I need you to forgive me for my pride. Trying to figure it out. Forgive me for my lack of faith. Forgive me for my lack of obedience. And Lord, I'm going to do it your way. And I'm going to rely on you. And when Elijah relied on God and trusted Him. He went 40 verses 1. Why is it so significant? Because in the Scriptures, 40 is a very significant number. 40, it means test. It means trial. Moses went 40 years in the desert. It was a test. The Israelites went 40 years in the desert. It was a test and preparation. Jesus was tested in the desert for 40 days. 40 was always symbolic to test and trials. And when Elijah finished the 40 days in that desert, he reached the mountain of God. Why is it so significant you learned this? Because the lowest point in your life is always a test of God. And when you're at your lowest point, God is testing, are you going to trust me? When you're at your lowest, God is saying, are you going to believe in me? When you're at your lowest, God is testing you through this trial, saying, are you going to obey me? Or are you just going to tap out and quit and get pitiful under a tree and complain and cry? Or do I need to slap you again? You're in a trial if you're at a low point in your life. And 1 Peter 1, 6-7 says this, Be truly glad. Say, well, Pastor, wait a How can I be glad right now? God says, be glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. There is wonderful joy ahead. And I know for a lot of you, it's hard to believe that. 
because you've gone through such a desert, you've gone through such a trial that it's hard to be glad and it's hard for you to believe that there's wonderful joy ahead. But when you rely on God, joy is always the outcome. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you had to endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire. Test and purified as gold through your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Christ is revealed. Great joy is ahead for you if you rely on God and remain in faith. Now your choices today is wake up and thank God for the slap you got at forward this morning. Or leave this church and go back to your little tree and go back under your little bed and in your little blanket and cry. Go back and call your friend, my life is hard. Go back and tweet and complain and vent. Go back. But let me ask you a question. Has that ever helped you? So why not give God a try? <laughs> Come on, give God praise. Let's get up. Up at your feet. I want to pray with you. I want to pray. I want to really pray though. Not just a little altar prayer. I want to pray to the broken souls here today. I want to pray for the people that just woke up today. I want to pray for those who are afraid of tomorrow. I want to pray for the sick. I want to pray for those with addictions. I want to pray for those with troubled children. I want to pray for those who have troubled marriages. I want to pray for those who are just going through it, who are at a low point of their life. I want to pray for those who say, Lord, I need you. Lord, forgive me for not relying on you. I want to pray for those who are prideful, thinking they're going to figure it out somehow. I want to pray for those who are humble enough to come to this altar and say, Lord, it's too much for me. You're right. Here you go. I want to pray. Because at your lowest point, Joy is on the way. So right now, with all your faith, would you join me at this altar today as we pray for our lives, our families, as we pray for our children, as we pray for our church, as we pray for our country, as we pray for this economy, as we pray for our own personal finances, as we pray for our tomorrow. You are not alone. God had to remind Elijah, you're not alone. There are a lot more people out there miserable like you. There are a lot more single moms. You're not the only one. There are a lot of people broke. There are a lot of people scared. There are a lot of people going through things. You're not alone. So right now, Humble yourself first before I even pray with you. 
Would you humble yourself and just say to the Lord, this is too much for me. And tell God what that is. It's too much. I can't. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus and no other name, we come before you humble. We needed to get slapped. Forgive us for our pity. Forgive us for wallowing in our guilt. Forgive us for our fear of tomorrow. And Father, even now on this day, today, we rely on you. For you are all we have. But Father, I pray for those who are broken today. I pray for those who are scared. I pray for those who are especially tired. Father, that you would strengthen us as you did Elijah. For on our own effort, Lord, we won't even survive a day. But with you, Lord, we get through the trials and on top of the mountain with you. Forgive us for using our own strength, our own wisdom, our own human effort. We rely on you today, Lord. Give us the strength we need to endure, the wisdom we need to figure out. We know, Lord, that joy is ahead for us. And we thank you, Lord, though difficult, we thank you for slapping us with truth. And in Jesus' name, I bind the enemy from your mind, telling you it's over, telling you you are just going to die and never see the dreams you have. And in Jesus' name, we give to you, Lord, what you can resurrect. And let us leave this church this morning with a newfound hope and glory in you, Jesus, that nothing is impossible. So get us up. Keep us going as we see you work for your glory. We trust you now, Lord. Be with everyone here today, Jesus. I pray that you give them peace that surpasses all understanding. And let them rest today. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Come on, give God some praise this morning. Amen. And amen.